You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Sa oras pong ito, hindi ako ang uh, magpipreach ng salita ng Panginoon. If you remember, uh, last January or February, I, uh, I testified uh, that I went to Japan together with Pastor Jojo Henson and we conducted our prayer training. Isa po roon, yung Every Nation Yokusuka, I was invited to speak before the service. And today, we are so privileged, we are so glad because uh, the pastor of uh, Every Nation Yokusuka is here in our midst today and he's going to give us the word of the Lord, especially the second commandment, that's his topic. And uh, he is Pastor Ray Mercer of EN Yokusuka. Can we give him a hand? Yeah. Pastor Ray is uh, married to Satomi, and he has uh, two children, one James and Alicia. Yeah. Alicia, okay. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us give him a God bless you. Welcome, Pastor Ray Mercer. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Konnichiwa. It's magandang hapa. Is that right? Hapa? Hapon. <laughs> Sorry. Hapon. Wait, hapon is Japan, right? <laughs> I have the gift of uh, tongues already. Uh, I've really enjoyed being here in uh, Manila, Alabang. And uh, this week, I had the privilege of joining Bodhi and JJ and G, I think, G. And uh, we've been studying under Pastor Jim LaFoon and some other great uh, men about... Uh, prayer and the spiritual gifts, all kinds of things. So I have been praying all week for the gift of tongues, but still I cannot speak Tagalog. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I want to take a minute before I begin to honor Pastor Jonathan. God really has given him a father's heart. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize how privileged you are to have Pastor Jonathan. He's a great man of God. Isn't that right, Ed? <laughs> He doesn't do it for personal gain. He just faithfully serves week after week to feed this flock, to train and mentor leaders. And I see so many leaders that he's mentoring. I'm just blessed. When the Lord brought Pastor Jonathan to Japan recently, he took the time after church to uh, sit with me. We went to this Japanese restaurant called Jonathan's. <laughs> and uh, we sat and we ate like uh, ramen or something Japanese. But uh, I was praying about whether I should come to the Philippines to this school of empowerment and he spoke into my life, just said, you know, Ray, uh, this is going to probably help you to grow and be a better pastor. So I prayed again and the Lord uh, confirmed, you know, I should come. So it's been uh, a big challenge to come here for two weeks and leave my church. But thank you, Pastor Jonathan. I mean, I've already been blessed. Only one week now. It, hasn't it been great? It, Bodhi, it's been awesome. Just wanted to tell you that Pastor Jonathan is a man of God. How many of you believe that? Yes. All right. Amen. They, they love you, bro. I can tell. All right. Well, I want to show you a picture of my family. Let me see if I can get this working. This is when Pastor Jonathan came. So my son, James, uh, I guess that would be on your right. He's uh, 26. He's still single. I'll be here after church. And then on the left side is my daughter, Alicia, and she is 22. And so uh, don't talk to me about her. I still have a baseball bat, okay? <laughs> and this is my beautiful wife, Satomi. 
Satomi means wise and beautiful in Japanese, so I'm so blessed to be married to her. And uh, I know Pastor Jonathan has a wise and beautiful wife as well. Three weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had our a victory weekend. And uh, I just want to introduce for a second, this is uh, Ed Caduccio from Los Pinas, right? And Ed, would you stand up for a minute? Would you guys give Ed a hand? He's been with me for three years. Thank you, thank you, Ed. Um, Ed's been with me for three years in Japan now. And uh, in the last year, God has done something through him. Uh, there's a company called Sumitomo in our city. And uh, in Sumitomo now, we have about 20, 20 young men, mostly single men, from the same company, and they're all OFWs. They're all started to come to our church after Pastor Ed came. Beginning of this month, we baptized um, eight of those men. They're in this picture, and uh, they're all from the same company. Two other women here. Um, one of these women owns uh, three bars in Yokosuka, and so now she's praying what to do uh, with those bars. So we're 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 praying with her, um, but. We had to limit the number of men who came to Victory Weekend because we're not uh, equipped to handle them yet. So please be praying with us. Um, this is really the first generation of these uh, OFWs. And now we're putting in their hearts that they're actually been sent to Japan to be missionaries. So please pray with us that they will begin to reach their Japanese uh, bosses and co-workers. We've already had one of them come to church uh, uh, from the company there. And uh, thank you, Pastor Ed, for helping us. He's here in uh, Manila doing MPD. So if you want to support Japan, come talk to Ed. Okay. All right. Uh, today's scripture, we're going to read it together. It's from Exodus chapter uh, 20. And we're going to read three verses together. Uh, could we all just uh, stand up together to honor the word of the Lord? And we'll read Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Everyone together. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Shall we pray together? Father, we thank you for your word. We just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would come and quicken this to our hearts. Right now we open ourselves, Lord, not to, um, to our preconceived ideas, but Lord, we want you to speak to us fresh from the Word of God this morning. Maybe we've read the Ten Commandments, maybe we know the Bible, but still you want to speak to us today the Word, the living Word of God. We ask for that now, Holy Spirit, and we receive from you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone said amen. amen. Smile at someone and you can be seated. Well, the, uh, the title today is No Idols, and uh, I'm going to talk to you from just these three verses probably. Maybe I'll go here and there a little bit. But I wanted to share, since this is my first time to get to share, and especially this is my first time to see the new uh, place, I wanted to introduce uh, a little bit about my uh, life story. My parents brought me up as a Roman Catholic in the United States, so until I was about 12 years old, I went most, well, about half to Catholic school, studied the catechism. I wanted to be an altar boy. Uh, 
Sometimes I got to light the candles, got to ring the bells. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, ringing the bells, lighting the candles, it wasn't enough to keep my parents' marriage together. Uh, they got divorced. And it was not enough to keep me from falling into the trap of drug addiction and sin, alcoholism. Even in my teenage years, I was uh, falling away into kind of a hopeless place. By the time I was 17 years old, I'd already pretty much ruined my life. Uh, I got arrested by the police. Uh, I spent 40 days once in a hospital because of my drug addiction. 40 days, 40 nights. It's biblical. <laughs> but at the end of the treatment, the doctors came to my father and they said, you know, I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. Ray is a hopeless case. You need to just put him in the hospital permanently. I'll tell you, I was pretty depressed at that point in my life. Fortunately, during this period of my life when I was far from God, when I was being rebellious, my mother started to attend a church and she heard about how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Pretty soon my mother got born again and then she started to pray for her son. That's me. <laughs> now I'm just sharing this with you today. I, I felt like I should share a little bit about this because I want to encourage you I know there's some here today who are praying for your family. Maybe you have some family members. Maybe it's tempting to give up on them. You know, they'll never change. They're just, they're just so stubborn. I'll tell you what, I was pretty stubborn. When my mom tried to tell me about the Bible, I sorry to say this, Pastor, I would cuss her out, you know. I know more about the blankety-blank Bible than you. I'm smarter than you. I've heard all that stuff before. But you know what? God loves your family, doesn't He? God loves them. And even when we were sinners, even when we were far from Him, and even when I hated God, He loved me first. Yeah. So don't give up. Don't give up. God wants to do a miracle. How many of you believe that? God wants to deliver them from their bondage to sin. And it really is a bondage. It's like I was blind and I could not see the state I was in. Even when they told me I was hopeless, I thought I knew better. Crazy. I know God can do it, but even more than that, He loves us and He wants to do it. Yeah? Of course He can do it. He's God. Of course, there's only one God, right? We talked about that last week. But He also loves us so much. So keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. I'm a trophy of God's grace. When I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord, I was healed of alcoholism and drug addiction. Three different treatment centers said I was incurable. No cure. The doctors all said that. But just believing in Jesus Christ, suddenly I was healed. And so I know God can do that. It took a long time for that to happen. My mom prayed for a long time, but she didn't give up. So don't give up. Amen? Okay, when, when I was in that state, I had some things in my life. These were idols, okay? Now, idols, idols can look different. In, in, and I had idols. My idols were sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was my idols. Have you ever heard that before? This is from the 80s or 
maybe, I don't want to tell you how old I am. <laughs> and today we're looking at the second commandment, which is no idols. Why is God so concerned about idols? How does a rule about worshiping idols, how does that have anything to do with God's love for us? Well, remember that um, the scripture we read, it's, it's about Moses and the people of Israel. At that time in Exodus, the Egyptian people had many idols, right? They, the Egyptians had many gods. Uh, they had uh, these kind of gods. I mean, that's what it looked like. But even today, people still have idols. And the idols look different in different parts of the world. I mean, in America, we have American Idol. In the, Fili- in the Philippines, you have a Philippine Idol, right? Is that right? We have the, the, uh, the Hamburger Idol. You know that? Ronald McDonald, right? The Hamburger Idol. And the Chicken Idol, Colonel Sanders, right? We, we have all the idols. No. You know why I love Jesus? It's because He freed me, but now I live in Japan. So instead of my sex, drugs, rock and roll... Instead of the American idols like the the fast cars, instead of uh, the American idols like the gold and the silver, you know, in Japan you see these kind of idols. You see the stone idols. Near my house, uh, there's a place where they make these. And then also, maybe about half an hour from our church in Japan, there's this big uh, Buddha idol. This in Kamakura. It's very famous. But you know, Japanese people are are very nice and... uh, Actually, most of the Japanese people don't believe these are gods, okay? Most of them only go to the temple maybe once or twice a year at the most. And so these kind of idols, even though they're obviously idols, they're stone idols, right? These kind of idols are are bad, they're terrible, but there's other idols I think that are even worse. Yeah, the idols uh, that we make in our heart. You know that our sinful hearts, we tend to idolize many things. In fact, John Calvin, one of the early church fathers, he said that the human heart, it's an idol factory. Some people, they have their idol in the garage. This is my idol. I spend Sunday, every Sunday I religiously wax my car, you know. My my neighbor does that. (laughs) For some people, your idol, maybe it's in the safety deposit box. For some people, maybe your idol is too expensive, you can't afford it, it's still in the store window. But it can still be an idol, right? The idols don't have to look like the stone idols of Japan. The idol is what you worship in your heart. And the Bible teaches us that all of us were originally created to worship and to honor God, right? But because we don't have the right relationship, we were dark like I was, We try to fill that void in our heart. I mean, there was emptiness in my heart. And I tried to fill it with sex, drugs, rock and roll. Anything we try to put in there, even, now this is, this is key, even if it's something good. I tried to put bad things in. But even if it's something good, if it tries to take that place in your heart that was meant for God, it can become an idol. All right, I mentioned that I was raised a Catholic, but once I became a born-again believer, I started to read my Bible, like we did this morning. And I realized, I was surprised that, you know, when I learned my catechism, the the Catholic Church, they didn't teach the Second Commandment the same way. I was surprised. Uh, They didn't talk about idols in the Catholic Church. 
But the Bible is very clear, isn't it? The Bible is so clear. I want to go back and just read that scripture with you one more time. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Just to be sure, I looked in my Catholic Bible. Same scripture. Just to be sure, I looked in the New International Version. Same scripture. King James, same scripture. Guess what? This is the Bible, right? Verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. I'll talk about this part later, but look at the first part of this verse. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Because when we serve something that we're not meant to serve, it can become an idol. Verse 6, But showing the steadfast love, to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Would you rather be the ones who hate God or the ones who love God? I know now I want to be the one who loves God. Let's go quickly through these three verses. I have just three short points to share with you this morning. The first one is this. You shall not make for yourself an image. And I underline these words, make for yourself. Why do you think I underlined that? When I was in Alcoholics Anonymous, after I got arrested, they made me go to Alcoholics Anonymous. When I was there, they told us, uh, you know, you need to have a higher power. Now, I don't want to talk bad about Alcoholics Anonymous. I I actually had the Alcoholics Anonymous group in Yokosuka meet in our church for a while. And, And I think it's great. They're helping alcoholics. That's great. But when I went to Alcoholics Anonymous, they told me, you know, you need to have a higher power doesn't have to be Jesus. It doesn't have to be religious. It can be anything that's higher than you. And one guy even said, it could be a doorknob. It can be anything that you want to make your God. It needs to be a higher power, but don't worry about the, all that Jesus stuff. Okay. Now, even before I was a Christian, that did not sound right to me. <laughs> How about you? You know, when I look at this, Can I make for myself a God? I cannot make a God. Can you? If someone in here can make a God, I want to talk to you after the service. No man-made image, man-made, is worthy of worship. Only God is worthy. And the Bible says that He's a spirit. There's no need to form any physical image, a picture, a carved image, a symbol. We don't worship those things. We worship God Himself, don't we? As soon as we make something to worship, we can be sure that's not God. As soon as you make it, it can't be God. He created us. Jesus came to the earth to reveal God to us because we could not attain God ourselves. And of course we cannot make God. And so... I think the first thing we need to realize is the Bible says this clearly. You shall not make for yourself something and worship it. Because of course, if you made it, it's not God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, now, uh, you know, 
sometimes the Bible is very strict about the rules and regulations, but oftentimes uh, if you read it carefully, you'll see that there is actually humor in the Bible. And I want to I share with you that Isaiah the prophet talking about this subject actually was very humorous. So I'll read a, a scripture from Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah 44, 15 through 17. Then it becomes fuel for a, a man. He's talking about a man who grew a tree and he cut it down. We won't read the whole story just to save time. But he takes a part of it, a part of the tree, maybe half the tree, he takes it and he warms himself. He kindles a fire and he bakes bread. And then he takes the other part and he makes a god and he worships it. He makes an idol and falls down before it. Verse 16. Half of it he burns in the fire. Over the half he eats meat, he roasts it, and he's satisfied. Also, he warms himself at the fire, and he says, Ah, I'm warm. I have seen the fire. And then verse 17, And the rest of it, he makes it into a god, his idol. And he falls down to it, and he prays to it, and he says, Deliver me, for you are my god. Can you see that the Isaiah, uh, the prophet here is using a little bit of humor? Can you imagine you grow a tree and cut half of it to make your bread and half of it you, you fall down before it and say, you are my God, save me from my sins. That doesn't make sense, does it? I heard Pastor Steve Merle once saying, you know, the part that he used for the fire had more power than the part he made the idol with because at least it warmed him up, you know. But the idol didn't do anything. It's powerless. The Bible says idols are powerless. Isn't it ridiculous to make your own God? Come on. Okay, the second point I see in verse 4, after it says, don't make yourself a God, it says, in the form of anything in heaven on earth or anything below. A person who really knows God, who has been born again, who's living in fellowship with God, doesn't need to make a picture of God, do they? Can you imagine if I took a picture of Pastor Jonathan... Okay, and I printed it out and I put it on the wall in the office. And then every day when I came to church, I would talk to the picture. Good morning, Paul. <laughs> and Pastor Jonathan is right there. I have relationship with the real Pastor Jonathan. Why would I want to talk to a picture of Pastor Jonathan? It just seems silly. Just like Pastor Jonathan is alive and talks to me, Jesus is alive too, isn't He? Come on. I speak with Jesus every morning. How about you? The Holy Spirit lives in me. How about you? He will never leave me or forsake me. I don't need to be in a special building. I don't need to be near special men of God. Jesus Christ Himself loves me. How about you? Come on. I can talk to the real God why would I talk to a picture of Jesus instead? Let's look at what Jesus himself said in John chapter 4. Jesus said this, The hour is coming and it's now here. When the true worshipers, everybody said true worshipers, worshipers. will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit. Those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. That's what our Lord Jesus said. Amen? God is not physical. He's not a stone. He's not a statue. He's not a picture. This is the Bible. I'm not making this up. This is not the victory church policy. This is the Bible. Amen? Alright, the next uh, point. 
I'm going now to verse 5. First it said, don't make it for yourself. Then it said, don't make a picture or a statue of anything created. And then it says, you shall not bow down or worship them. And I want to talk about this for a minute. Bowing down before someone. There's several Greek words about worship, but one of them is to bow down, to prostrate yourself on the ground before God. When we, when we bow down before God, this is our worship We're supposed to worship only God. In the same way that I love my wife, and I do, I'm supposed to have a relationship with God. It's a covenant. It's it's a special relationship. Do you have a relationship with God? With my wife, there are certain things that only I'm allowed to do with my wife. Okay, And I love my wife. And that relationship is special because we have a covenant which is special. No one else is like her to me. If you talk bad about my wife, I'm sorry, you're not my friend. Okay, And I have a relationship with God that's like that. Because I worship from everything that's in me, from my heart. I worship only God. Do you understand? I'm not like the guy who worships... uh, You know, this God one day, that God one day. Can you imagine if you came to my house and said, Can I look at your wedding photos, Pastor Ray? I pull out my wedding album, okay? And you start to look at my wedding pictures. And in the first page, there's a picture of this other lady you've never seen, okay? And I say, Oh, don't worry, that's just one of my old girlfriends. Let's go to the next page. Oh, that's another old girlfriend, don't worry. Wait, oh... There's my wife, okay? I love her. Now, when I got married, it's a special vow, right? I don't love many women. I love my wife. In the same way, we're supposed to give up other gods. Amen? We are covenanted to the living God, Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. Uh, You know, that reminded me, uh, if you come to my house... In Japan, when you walk in the door, you'll see our wedding picture on the wall. Okay, I don't know if um, I showed this to Pastor Jonathan, but I hate to say this, but when I got married, I was a little bit skinnier. Okay, <laughs> and now I've been living in Japan for a long time, eating lots of Japanese rice, Japanese food. Okay, so when people come to my house, they they look at the picture and they sometimes they joke with me, and they say, "Oh, Satomi, who's that man in the picture with you?" You know. <laughs> And so my wife is, she's kind of funny. She says, oh, that's my first husband. <laughs> so, we've been married 28 years, okay? So my wife is funny. I miss my wife now. I've been here a week already, Pastor Jonathan. <laughs> Don't make anything in your life more important than God. Amen? Amen. Psalm 135, 15 through 18. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Look at verse 18. Those who make them become like them. What does that mean? Those who make them become like them, and so do all who trust in them. You know that these... Gods that we make for ourselves, the Bible says they have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. Ears, they don't hear. And they cannot breathe. There's no breath in them. These are dead 
idols, aren't they? They're dead. And those who worship idols, it leads to death. You become like the dead idols that you worship. I mean, sometimes, I hate to say this, sometimes we would rather have a blind, deaf God than one who sees everything. Isn't that right? Sometimes we don't want God to know everything. Isn't that right? But when we, when we worship those idols, we become dead as well. Don't make anything in your life more important than God. The Bible says we're supposed to worship God with everything that's in us. I really love the worship this morning. This is a great church, you guys. Let's read 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. We know that the Son of God has come. He's given us our understanding so that we may know Him who is true. We are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and He is eternal life. And then John says this, the father heart of John. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. You know, when we spend time with the living God, like we've been doing this week uh, in the School of Empowerment, just worshiping Him, praising Him, spending time in the presence of the Father, we become more like Him, not like the dead idols. We become more like Jesus. You know, I went to a powerful victory uh, service in Metro East last Thursday where they were worshiping and, and uh, the Holy Spirit just filled us up. I was able to pray with a young uh, Filipino man, about 20, 22 years old, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. When you spend time in the presence of God, the life is going to overflow from you and, and bless others. Amen? Like my mother, she, she, she learned how to have a relationship with Jesus and the life overflowed into my life. I'm so glad that she prayed for me. Are you praying for people? Are you spending time in the living God's presence so it overflows with others? Come on. All right, I'll ask you a couple of questions. I just came up with this uh, to how to know if I have idols in my life. How to know if I have idols in my life? And this isn't like a complete test or anything, but I came up with three things to ask myself. Do I lie about it? I had a friend whose uh, idol was the internet, and uh, he spent so much time that his wife was concerned, and he realized he had a problem when she walked in one day, and he just closed his computer real fast, and she said, were you on the internet? No, no, I wasn't on the internet. But he was. Do you lie about it? Maybe that's an idol. You know why, why it's an idol? We don't like it. We don't like it when people ask us about our idols, do we? Sometimes we even lie about it. How about this one? Do my friends, family, and church warn me about this thing? Huh? Maybe it's an idol. Yeah, that's something. And, and the last one, just real quick. Do I get angry when somebody touches it? <laughs> Do you have a new car, Pastor Jonathan? I don't know. If you have a new car, don't want anybody to touch it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but really, um, you know, it's very difficult when you have an idol. Actually, because you become like it, sometimes we get blind. And there's only one way that we can let go of our idol. If people try to tell us, oh, you need to give that up, they try to touch our idols... We can get mad, actually. I've, I've experienced this. I get mad sometimes. But uh, when we come to the cross of Jesus Christ, yeah, when we come to what Jesus did for us, that's the only way we have the power to let go of idols. Listen to this. God loves us more than the most faithful husband loves his wife. Yeah, And so when we continue on in this uh, chapter in Deuteronomy, 
says, I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. And we, we think of the word jealous like um, selfish or, or like, a, like a young man, a prideful young man or a selfish young man being jealous. Uh, but, but God is not prideful. God is not selfish. The kind of jealousy that God has for us is a holy jealousy. I mean, TV shows ruin the word jealousy for us, right? I mean, we see TV dramas where it's all about jealousy. But when God says, I am jealous, He's saying, I love you 100%. He's saying, I love you more than the most faithful husband would love his wife. He has paid the ultimate price for us, even laying down his own life, hasn't he? Experiencing the punishment for our sins that he didn't commit. Being rejected by his closest friends. Giving up his royal position in heaven to come down to become the lowest of servants because He loves you and me. And that's why He's jealous for us. And yet, we are so fickle. Instead of worshiping Him alone and loving Him alone, we idolize so many things. We stray. We, we want to serve money or position or pleasure. Material things that don't last. Or sometimes we hold on to good luck charms just in case God doesn't do it. I have this little something that I hold on to just in case. But hasn't He proved how powerful He is over and over? Hasn't He proved that He's going to take care of you? I like to think of uh, Jesus' love for me. It's like uh, Prince Charming. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't usually like chick flicks, but... Uh, you know, the, really the story of Jesus is like the, the best fairy tale or the best uh, Disney story. Jesus came to slay the dragon and rescue the princess. Yeah, and, and He loves us so much, He paid the price. He rescued us. But it's like that princess, maybe He, he finally beats the enemy, the perfect prince, Jesus, you know. And then the princess wakes up out of a thousand year sleep or something. And then she just, as soon as possible, she just runs off with somebody else. Sometimes that's the way we are. Yeah? Come on, don't you want Jesus? Don't you want Jesus? That's what it means. I'm a jealous God. I don't want to share you with anyone else because I love you so much. I don't want you to go to other gods because they're not good for you. Jesus' mercy is great. And then it goes on. Of course, we read it earlier. Those who hate the Lord... They receive the punishment for three, four generations. But those who love the Lord, a thousand generations of blessing. Don't you want to be the one who loves God? Don't you want to be the one that receives the thousand blessings, thousand generations of blessings? Close with one more scripture and then maybe we can worship the Lord. I just want to have an altar call in a moment. Jesus said this, there's a time coming... And has now come already when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and the truth. We read this earlier, but I want to read the whole thing. They are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. What kind of worshiper does the Father seek? The ones who are ready to give up their idols. Last week we talked about one God. This week we're really talking about do we worship God the way He wants us to worship Him? Do we worship Him with a whole heart? Do we love God to the exclusion of everything else? Have we put away our old lovers? 
Are we ready to serve the Lord alone? That's what idolatry is about. God is spirit. The Bible says his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. 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 I want to ask you this church. And I know uh, I'm in, I'm in another country. It's not my home. I'm a visitor here, but I'm not here. I think it's God's timing because I'm not here to tell you about church doctrine or catechism. I'm simply reading the word of God to you, right? And I know that the Philippines has a lot of idols, just like Japan, just like America. And I know that God is calling us all out of idolatry. Isn't that right? So I want to ask you this question. Are you ready to put down your idols? Are you ready to, to throw them out? Are you ready to worship in spirit and truth alone, not any images made by men? Are you ready to worship the Lord God Almighty? He's the one that can save us, amen? He's the one that is alive and powerful. We can talk to Him directly, amen? Amen. I think as we close today, we should have a time of worship and worship the Lord in spirit and truth. But before we go into that, I want to ask you to take a step of faith. In fact, I'm going to make it a little bit hard. Do you want to covenant with God? Do you want to serve God alone? If you've been maybe struggling with that a little bit, can I ask you to raise your hand? Would you put your hand up right now if you want to put away idols right now? Anyone want to put away idols? Raise your hand. I don't know if it means uh, physical stone idols. I don't know if it means pictures. Is there anyone here who needs to put away an idol? Good. Is there anyone in here? Good, I see that. Thank you. That's a big step of faith. God sees that hand. God is proud of you. I see that hand. Good. Anyone else? Good, I see that. Good, I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus, for these steps of commitment to you, Lord. Anyone else need to put away idols? Anyone else? Who is ready to put away those idols? Good, I see it. Good. God sees that hand. Good. Amen. Doing this in public is hard, but God sees that He is pleased. I see the Lord is smiling. Okay, you can put away, you can put your hands down. I want everybody to stand up. How many of you want to worship the Lord in spirit and truth? Would you put your hand up with me? Come on, let's worship the Lord in spirit and truth.